And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of the Assembly Call. As today, your Indiana Hoosiers defeated the Providence Friars 79-58 in the first round of the Asheville slash Maui Classic. Um, nice game for the Hoosiers as they uh, jumped off to a really good start, uh, defensively especially, and really took the uh, took the game to uh, the Friars and took them out of any any flow and quickly jumped to a double-digit lead early in the first half and then maintained that throughout the half. There were a couple uh, of points in the game where they, they gave up uh, some some of that lead, building the lead eventually to, uh, I think, 17 points in the first half, whittled down to 13 at halftime. Coming out of the second half, Providence was a little charged up. Their coach got into him a little bit. Uh, the game got down to 12 at one point before Indiana uh, pushed it out to a 21-point victory. Very good games from Race Thompson. We'll talk about that. Al Durham had a really good game. We saw some threes go in, uh, better free throw shooting. So there's a lot of positives to take from this Indiana victory. Also, uh, a, a few negatives, uh, but we'll take the win, and we're playing in the semifinals of the Maui Classic. So I'm your host, the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with Chat Mob Chad Schwarzkopf and a cameo appearance, as expected, from Jared Morris. And we'll break it all down for you on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. And let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. This afternoon's banner moment occurred in the second half uh, after a first half of real questionable shooting from the three-point line when Al Durham hit back-to-back threes to extend the IU lead to 16 points and answering a three from the Providence Friars. Shooting has been a concern for your Indiana Hoosiers for several years now, and it continues to be a concern this year, but it was nice to see Al Durham uh, shoot nice and easy and hit a couple big threes that really kind of stretched out the lead far enough that it took all kinds of hope away from the Providence Friars. The Indiana Hoosiers will depend a lot on the ability to shoot the three. Even though they have a good inside game, they have some penetration game, that outside game is going to make the difference between an outstanding year and a good year. It's good to see Al Durham get off uh, on a good note. Our banner moment today, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Homefield Apparel, now in their fourth season sponsoring the assembly call. If we remember back when this sponsorship started, they were just little old Hoosier Proud, serving Hoosiers and Indiana-related designs. Now, as you know, if you follow their entertaining Twitter account, they have unique and historic apparel for more than 90 schools. And you better believe that College Sports Nationwide will be spending tons of money at homefieldapparel.com this Christmas. And you know what? You should, too. Because the best part about watching Homefield grow over the last few years is that they have never forgotten their roots. They are based in Indianapolis, they hire Hoosiers to work for them, and they still have the best line of IU apparel available anywhere. I assume you already have the famous Bison hoodie. You can also get our Assembly Call script logo emblazoned on one of their soft, comfortable hoodies, and they have so many other thoughtful IU designs to choose from. For me, uh, the Assembly Call one has, has been through the ringer several weeks in a row as I wear that on most weeks. That's my favorite design, but I'm biased to this show. So whether you're shopping for the IU fan in your life or whether you have friends or family unlucky enough to cheer for other schools, Homefield will have you covered with something people will be excited to open on Christmas. 
And right now you can have big, big savings uh, because Homefield is in the middle of their Black Friday sale. You get 30% off your entire order when you use the promo code BFAssemblyCall. So go to homefieldapparel.com, load up your shopping cart, and enter BFAssemblyCall at checkout to get 30% off. That's homefieldapparel.com. Tonight, um, we would like to dedicate this show to uh, Bill Murphy and the Murphy family who experienced a tragic loss over the weekend. Bill's wife of 47 years passed away. All of us here at Assembly Call and throughout Hoosier Nation send our condolences to Bill on the loss of his wife. I'm sure most of you know Bill Murphy, but if you don't, he is a former teacher and the IU athletics historian. He has written books about IU legends like Branch McCracken, and he wrote The Cardiac Kids, A Season to Remember, about the 1967 IU football team. He has shared his knowledge of IU athletics in so many other books and so many podcast, you won't find a more kind, generous, knowledgeable IU fan out there. Bill is a great friend of the assembly call, and we send our thoughts and prayers his way this afternoon. Okay, now it's time to move the ball and find the open man and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Uh, Chad, we're going to start with you. Um, Your thoughts on the Indiana Hoosiers performance this afternoon in the first round of the Asheville Classic. A uh, very exciting game to watch. Uh, the kind of Hoosiers that you've been hoping for recently, a, a team that hustled, a team that was aggressive, uh, a team that didn't didn't let up for the most part. I mean, we had a few struggles here and there. But uh, in the offseason, everything we kept hearing and everything we kept thinking about this team was that they were a tough team. They were a together team. Uh, they were a team similar back to the uh, – 2012 team where they seemed like they were all together. They were always uh, pushing each other in the off season and workouts. Trace Jackson Davis said it himself that uh, on Saturday shoot arounds last year, you could, you could rarely see one or two guys there. And this year uh, everyone's been there during all those optional shoot arounds. And, and it shows in a game like this where you can see they're playing together. They're playing like a tough team. They're hustling out there and they want to be out there. They want to be wearing that Jersey and they want to play tough. So this is something that's exciting to see as a Hoosier fan and hopefully is very sustainable, uh, should be something that's sustainable. Obviously, uh, a few negative points that we'll get to as we go along in the show, but uh, overall an exciting outing and um, something that uh, Hoosier fans can hang their hat on. And also joining us is a very familiar face. We're glad to have him on the show tonight as a guest, uh, Jared Morris. Jared, your thoughts on Indiana's second win of the season over Providence? Hey guys, thanks for inviting me here. Thanks for having me. I do appreciate it. Um, yeah, look, we get, we got to spend some time here talking about race Thompson. He was terrific. As many people noted in the chat mob, uh, if Ryan were here, he would be gloating and taking many victory laps because he's been pre- uh, predicting this kind of performance from race for a long time. And you know what, what I love from race is it was right from the beginning. You know, the, the way that this game started race gets an offensive putback, one of his eight offensive rebounds to score. And then on the very first defensive possession for Indiana, uh, you know, does a nice job recovering uh, and got a block shot. And that really just set the tone for a day from race that was extremely active and extremely, extremely assertive. You know, we, we've wondered about race. You know, he's kind of been a garbage man offensively. You know, is he going to be able to expand his game? We saw him step up and take a, you know, he had a little floater off of a nice dump off pass from Al Durham. He had a couple of 13, 14 foot baseline jump shots. At one point in the first half, I thought I was watching Alan Henderson play. You know, that's not a comparison that I throw around lightly. And obviously, you know, Alan Henderson did it for four years. You got to do it for more than 20 minutes to, for that comparison to hold up. But that's how he played. 
He was a monster rebounding. He was able to step out and make shots. He was able to be, you know, I said assertive down low. You know, you contrast that with Trace Jackson Davis today, who I thought really, Trace just kind of played on cruise control the whole day. You know, he wasn't bad necessarily, but he just wasn't great like we know he can be. You know, and he was only 5 for 15. He was just, he was kind of putting the ball up soft around the rim. When Race got an opportunity down close to the rim, he was dunking it. He was putting it in or he was getting fouled, you know, and he had 10 free throws to Trace's two. And so I think that assertiveness from Race is really encouraging because we've seen it in flashes from him. But if now if he can be that guy consistently where he's just out there, I mean, he acted today like he was the best player on the court, you know, both in terms of how he played and just the mentality that he had. And that's a great sign for Indiana. Plus, he played 35 minutes. And for a guy who has had the kind of durability issues that Race has had, some of the conditioning issues just from being hurt in and out, to go out there and play 35 minutes like that and be that good the entire time, I mean, nothing was more encouraging today than Race Thompson's performance. And if this is, you know, even more than a hint of what we're going to see from him this season – I mean, this is a guy who's going to make a big impact on the Big Ten and changes the outlook for what Indiana can be. So terrific, terrific performance from him today in a game when Indiana really needed him because Trace, as he's done in some other games away from home in his young career, just didn't really bring it. But now if you got a guy like Race who can, that helps to compensate for that. So, so let's uh, continue to talk about race because I think that's probably the number one storyline of today's game is this might be known as the race Thompson game, the breakout game, if it continues and, and it needs to continue. It, we, we just can't have it one game. Uh, I'm sure race has practiced for all these years and he, he's wanted this kind of breakout game. I think this is going to be very consistent. Chad, your thoughts, uh, what impressed you the most about race uh, today and in, in his performance? Just always being on the glass, being aggressive the whole entire time. I mean, one of the negatives, obviously, was our three-point shooting. But uh, that was, in, in a way, a non-factor because Race was down there gobbling up those rebounds and, and getting second-chance points for us there. I mean, he, he ends up doubling, over-doubling his, his best point total and getting his first double-double he's, he's ever had in a Hoosier uniform. Um, again, uh, we'll see that constantly. And it, and it, and it's like Jared alluded to, uh, when your star star player has a bad day, like he does to have another player step up like race did and fill in that gap is great. And, and, and it's a lot of relief for the team, but again, his, it's his hustle, his aggressiveness that we've seen before in flashes. And he just didn't have the overall awareness on offense or the confidence that, uh, we can see now that confidence is there. He's, he's ready to play. He's ready to step up. He's ready to take that ball uh, when it's ready to be delivered to him. Last year, he kind of looked lost once the ball was passing passed to him, and he looked like he wanted to pass it away immediately when he had the ball. Well, this game, he was looking to the basket first and then and then looking to pass beyond that, and his, his stats show. Obviously, his offensive game was just fantastic. That short jumper is key because I think it's going to extend to the three-point line too if they're going to ever want to choose to sag in on Trace Jackson Davis. That you know I, I, that shooting touch will, will help quite a bit. But you brought up something, Chad, too, that his aggressiveness on defense too, and, and he was there. He was always the second man off the ground, which is a big thing for me is you're not going for shot fakes. And I thought our post players did a nice job defensively of, of just staying down and, and being the second guy off the ground and, and forcing some tough contested shots at the rim. And I also love the way he pursues rebounds. Uh, he just rips it down and goes with two hands, and two-handed rebounds uh, are, are really a strong effort um, tells for me. And, and I just thought 
as equally as his stat line was offensively, I thought he was pretty solid defensively. And then when he was switched on to big guy, I thought he did some banging too. Uh, you know, those those guys are hard to contain to to zero points. They're going to score some, but I thought Race did a really good job equally defensively um, as he did offense. Jared, any last thoughts on on Race Race's overall game? No, not a great, but I do, you know, I want to stay on the, on the topic of defense because it's so easy in games like this to focus on the numbers and focus on the offense and all of that stuff, you know, because you don't often see the, the defensive stuff right there in the stat sheet. But I thought that Rob Finnessy and Armand Franklin really played good defensively today. You know, David Duke for Providence, he's the preseason all-conference guard. Uh, and he finished with 12 points. He was three of 12 shooting, three assists, and really just had trouble getting into the flow. And a big part of the reason for that is we kind of saw some of the old Rob Finnessy defense. You know, he's not flashy. He's not going to pick up huge steal numbers, you know, but he just is in the right position, keeps guys in front of him. And Armand Franklin did the same thing. You know, you could tell early that Providence was getting frustrated because they would try to drive on Armand and he would be there to beat him before they could even, you know, before they could get in the lane, just good, solid defense. And, you know, that's what you're going to get from those two guys. You know, I think Armand and Rob, numerous times today, we can talk about it later, but they kind of left me wanting a little bit offensively, you know, from what they were bringing, even though, you know, Rob ended up finishing with a pretty good stat line. But what those guys bring defensively and what, you know, Armand did as a rebounder today, that stuff's really, really important. You know, and that's why Archie trusts them. That's why those guys play. And this was a game where, well, Indiana put up 79 points and some of the offensive numbers were good. This is a game where Indiana won it from the tip with really good defense and for the most part played good defense overall. And I thought Rob and Armand really were key, uh, you know, Rob and spearheading the defense up at the top and then Armand just being real versatile and real tough on the wing. Um, so I just want to give hat tips to those guys for really strong defensive efforts to set the tone, I thought, for what everybody else did. I, I think I, the, big guy, the big guys did a good job of keeping their feet, keeping in front of their men and keeping them walled off from making moves on them. And uh, what I love seeing on IU's defense that we go to quite a bit is the guards or the guys on the outside digging in while their players are trying to uh, make a play or, or make a move, just digging in those little, those little jabs or just, just making Providence's uh, guys have to account for someone that might come in and try to stab at the ball. Um, I love seeing those little moves because that, that keeps them off balance. And then uh, race staying tall and, and keeping his arms up. Uh, they just, all their shots were off. They didn't, they didn't get very many clean looks overall because the defense was so strong. I think uh, defensively, uh, obviously race is going to get the most of the conversation, but defensively that story was, was incredible. You could tell by the off the ball intensity, how they closed out. And the other thing was active hands. You're talking about digging in on drives and we call that, you know, um, pinching in uh, your gap, uh, closing the gap and recovering to your guy type stuff. But also the freshmen who get driven sometimes, you know, they're still learning, but they're hustling. They have active hands. Trey Galloway's knocking things off. I saw Christian Lander get one deflection. Uh, and Geronimo, uh, both in the first game and this game, very active with their hands. So you can cover up um, some deficiencies right now because the speed of the game off the bounce for those three guys is a little bit tough to handle. But yet they can still be solid, A, in being active with hands and disrupting uh, the activity of the opposing team, and two, rebounding. Uh, I think uh, you can go in and get some rebounds if you're not a great on-the-ball defender right now. But defense set the tone. And there were so many times where I don't I see points off turnovers, 17 points off turnovers for Indiana versus three for Providence. Uh, those things will help you score. 
if your three-point shooting's off. And we ended up shooting 36% from three, thanks to the banked-in three by by Al Durham. But, yeah, Jared, I think defense uh, is going to be uh, a real key when we look back on this game of setting that tone and letting us get into the flow offensively. And, and, and one more key storyline, I think, before uh, we take our first break is the play of Al Durham. Uh, Chad, I thought he had a complete game, both offensively and defensively today, and and really showed that senior leadership, that responsibility for production that Archie talks about uh, came together today uh, for Durham. Yeah, I think so. Al Al showed like he did in the first game. Uh, There's a stretch during the Tennessee Tech game where uh, they were kind of making a little surge back in the second half. And Al to be able to step up and and make baskets at that point was good. And then his three-pointers this game. Uh, he's he's really kind of become someone I think that we're going to see this season when when chips are down or when we're having a little bit of issues. He's going to be one of those guys that we go to uh, in those moments to calm us, to get a basket when we need it, to 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 find the shot that we need. I think uh, he, he's definitely going to be a go to guy for this team as a leader. And Jared, they played him at point a little bit uh, a couple times early in the in the or late in the first half and then midway through the second half when Tennessee needed a break, they left Durham in to basically run the point, and I thought he did that well. But I thought this was uh, an outstanding effort by Al Durham, really bouncing back from a subpar performance in, in game one. Yeah, there was actually a for Alan Armand for the two guards, and Providence was pressing. Yeah, like, okay, scared me. Let's see, let's see how this goes. And it went okay. You know, today was a good reminder about why you don't don't pay attention to what seniors do in opening games against 300-level opponents because Al really never got in the flow of that game. And Tennessee Tech's defense was so bad, and the freshmen came in, and they were so kinetic, and everything was going fast, and it was almost like a different pace than Al's ever really played at at IU, and he just never got into that game. Well, what you saw today was what a senior does in a neutral court game against a decent team, you know, when, you know, Lander's not really able to get going, and you know, Trey Galloway obviously had his moments, but wasn't quite as impactful as he was against Tennessee Tech. Well, here's Al Durham, you know, not forcing things early in the game, just letting it come to him, and he picked his spots. You know, I thought at the end of the first half when Indiana really had, you know, four or five straight kind of four possessions and Providence went on a little run, Al, you know, stepped up, hit a couple of free throws to kind of stop the bleeding. And then he came out in the second half, knocked down those two three-pointers that you talked about, and just was rock solid. You know, and this is what Al Durham needs to be, which is a guy that you can count on to score double digits, to knock down open shots. And then once he hits a couple and they start closing out on him, be able to attack the closeouts, get to the lane and either get fouled or make layups. And that's what he did, you know. And, and, and so I think the big thing from Al that we've been wanting is consistency. And so we saw one game against Tennessee Tech where he didn't really get in the game today. He did. I would, you know, very much heavily weight this game you know, as opposed to the Tennessee Tech game. Now, what's going to be important for Al is can he do it again against kind of high major competition again tomorrow? You know, stringing these together back to back to back. He doesn't need to go out and have 19 points, you know, six boards, three assists, you know, I mean, a great stat line. But he's got to be a guy that Indiana can count on for 12, 13, 14 points a game. Um, And so really, really encouraged by what he did today. Um, And I think, you know, him doing that is going to allow a guy like Christian Lander to grow into the role. You know, allow a guy like Jerome Hunter to have an off day when you've got a guy like Al Durham that can just go get points. And, you know, I know people have laughed because I, I use the hashtag honorable mention Al. And, you know, I'm kind of I'm behind that senior guard again, like I was with Devontae Green. But th- this is kind of what I envisioned was this kind of game. You know, was Al, you know, the second best player on the court, you know, the second most talented? No. 
But what he did is he just, as a senior, knowing where to find his spots, knowing how to knock down open shots, just do those things that you expect from a guy like that. And if he can do that consistently, he's going to have opportunities because now teams are going to have to focus on race Thompson and they're going to be focusing on trace. And there's, you know, you know, you got a guy like Trey Galloway that is attacking the lane so hard every time he gets it, there's just a lot more for defenses to pay attention to for Indiana now. And so Al is going to be a guy who's maybe third, fourth, fifth on a scouting report. He's going to get chances. And so when he gets those chances, he's got to step up and take them. And that's what I thought he did today without forcing it, took what the defense gave him and was just really, really solid. What a great stat line. Al Durham, 19 points on six of nine shooting, three of five from the three-point line, four of four from the line. And for me, the impressive thing was six rebounds, uh, which Archie had said was a major concern, guard rebounding. He went and did it and three assists to no turnovers. So uh, congrats, Al, on a, on a great, uh, great game. Coming up, uh, as we continue our breakdown of Indiana's victory over Providence, I will point out today's meaningful moment you might have missed, and then we will go inside the numbers to highlight the most important statistical notes from the game. You're listening to The Assembly Call. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. This is Verdell Jones. What's better than an epic buzzer beater? The full court dribble and perfectly placed pass to set it all up. And of course, celebrating with Hoosier Nation afterwards. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with Jared Morris and Chat Mob Chad Schwartzkoff, and we're breaking down Indiana's win against the Providence Friars in the first round of the Maui slash Asheville Classic. Uh, and now it's time for today's meaningful moment uh, that, that you might have missed. And, and we kind of talked about it um, a little bit in that segment in discussing L that the lineup of uh, L Durham uh, and Armand Franklin at the guards without uh, any of the two supposed point guards on, on the floor. And I thought that was a key moment there to try to get through that pressing moment and maintain the lead. And it shows a couple things to me that uh, there's a lot of confidence in L Durham and his play. Uh, that he could play multiple spots and handle the basketball under pressure. And the other thing is that Christian Lander still is a process uh, work in progress. Uh, and he has some stuff to work, and Archie might not have trusted him quite yet in this atmosphere, or he saw something early that he just wanted to go in a different direction. And we'll just keep watching uh, Lander's growth uh, each game and each week. And, and by the end of the season, uh, we believe that he will be uh, a major participant minute-wise. But I thought that was um, an important thing. I also was impressed with the post-passing. Um, we, we got switched up to a zone defense. Pri uh, the Friars went to a zone defense because they couldn't handle the man-to-man -man early. And there was some good passing on on the perimeter. Getting the ball inside to the elbow against the zone is key. And then I think our posts are really doing a nice job of going uh, high-low or inside-out for the kick-out shots. And so post-passing – 
you know, we obviously watched the shots and, and the stats and that, but I thought uh, there's a lot of hockey assists that were going on tonight too from our guys in throughout um, throughout the game. Um, Chad, your thoughts on something that, that you picked up that uh, we might have missed? Well, it, it goes along uh, with you there talking Armand Franklin. I think uh, there's a lot of grief during the Tennessee Tech uh, start of that game when people saw Armand Franklin had made the starting lineup. A lot of people kind of were giving him uh, some shade on on social media and everything and and didn't think uh, he should be up there and, and were a little bit surprised by that pick. But, I mean, he showed a lot of good stuff, and he showed that he belongs to be in there. He's a very solid player uh, all around. And early on, I was actually surprised at one moment, uh, IU again was looking to get up every chance they had whenever any rebound that they got. And there was one uh, defensive rebound that IU got. I think Armand got it around the free throw line at the opposite side and started to take it down himself. And he saw immediately uh, he only had two other Providence players against him. And he quickly turned on some afterburners that I did not realize he had and got to the rim very fast and laid it in nicely. He's, he's got some speed on that drive uh, that I was unaware he had in the, in the open court. A lot of kind of the speed that we were talking about that Trey has as well. So, I mean, those two weapons of those guys driving on the fast break is going to be pretty amazing. But again, I think he had a solid game uh, and, and deserves, deserves that starting position right now. I think one of the best things Armand does is push the ball in transition. Uh, and I really like the pace of this year's team. They're really trying to get out and go. And you got people who are running and winning their races to the, to the offensive end. Uh, and you got guards that are looking to just drive the lane if they're not stopped and, and score. Jared, something uh, that uh, you caught that uh, some of us might have missed. Yeah, so on that point, um, you know, about Armand attacking, there were two possessions late in the game. The first one was about the 425 mark. The next one happened after that. Um, and so the first, there were two straight possessions where Indiana had three on two fast breaks. And so on the first one, Rob is leading the three on two fast break. Al is on the right wing. Trace is on the left wing. And, you know, we botched it. And the reason why we botched it is that, you know, Rob was just too hesitant. And so this continues to be, you know, one of the issues that I have with Rob as a point guard on offense. You know, he's very sort of very confident defensively. But offensively, he continues to be more of a prober, you know, and that's okay at certain times. And I thought, you know, against Providence's defense today, it was it was fine. But that's kind of the difference, you know, when you see what a guy like Lander does. And obviously, Lander really struggled today, but you can see it some in that Tennessee Tech game. He's an attacker. You know, Trey Galloway is an attacker. Rob is a bit of a prober. And so, you know, sometimes you get a three-on-two fast break like that, and you've got to just attack it. He didn't, you know, we ended up having to pull it out. The, the possession resulted in Trace, I think, getting blocked. He, you know, kind of tried to force something up on the left block. The very next possession, and this may have been the play that, that Chad was talking about, but Armand got a rebound and he just went. And it was a three-on-two fast break. And instead of kind of probing it and being patient, he just attacked it. And he made them step up. The, the two guys, they ended up actually taking the, the, two, the two wings that were flanking Armand, and he just took it right into the lane. And that's one of the things I love the most about Armand. You know, his offensive game is still coming around. But when he gets a defensive rebound, he is getting a defensive rebound to push it and go the other way. And so that's something that I would like to see a little more of from Rob, which is when we get those open court situations and when we have the advantage, push the issue. Because I feel like sometimes we leave good shots on, on, the, on the table, on the floor, just because Rob is a little overpatient. And I hope as he, you know, matures more and gets more comfortable out there that he'll be able to do that. So that really stood out to me. And then, you know, going back to what we were talking about with the defense, you know, I, I thought today we saw a real enthusiasm 
about defense. You know, sometimes Indiana has played good defense, <laughs> but it's been very mechanical, methodical almost. And it's like the guys are doing what they're supposed to do and the system works, but they're not having a lot of fun doing it. I thought we looked like we were having fun playing defense today. And there was a moment in the first half about the 535 mark when Jordan Geronimo was on there and we forced that five-second call. And the bench was going nuts and Archie's going nuts. And like they were they were having fun because of something they did defensively. And it was just it was the defense functioning properly, you know? And that was great to see because that kind of excitement shows that, you know, hey, this is supposed to be a team that's identity is forged on the defensive end. And if that's going to be the case, then you've got to be enthusiastic about what you're doing on that end, you know, no matter what's going on in the game. And sure, it's a little bit easier to be enthusiastic when you're up 10, 15 points, but I liked seeing that, you know, and it was the, the bench all day just seemed really into it and you know we don't want to be the body language doctors here or anything like that but it does there's something about watching this team play through two games it just it feels like there's kind of a chemistry there it feels like there's a togetherness about what's happening like there's just something visceral when I watch them um, and so that's really nice to see because that has has not always been the case with teams under Archie at IU. And, and that's the key to good defense. That's the key to winning basketball games. And that's not a guarantee. You're going to have teams that are together that buy into your coach and they're going to have a bad night and they're going to kick the ball around and Indiana's going to end up with a loss at some point. But they're going to be able to handle adversity a little bit more when they are together. You are going to be able to overcome you know, a lunge out and miss the pass and then someone races to cover up and everyone else is flying around. It goes back to that deflection thing. Okay, you're struggling to guard the bounce, but you're reaching in or when the guy picks up to make a pass, you're trying to make the next play. We, we talked a little bit about that in, in the last game, post-game show, making that next play. And this team just seems to be together and it's got to stay together. It's a long season, you know, playing time and points and all of those things can always creep in. But I, I agree with you. I get the vibe that this team is more connected uh, together. And, boy, that's going to help on both ends of the floor if that um, that continues. So Indiana uh, wins the game 79-58. Uh, as typical Indiana fans, we get a little nervous when it got down to 11 or 12 a couple times, like, okay, when's the drought going to come? But that drought never came. Indiana always answered a couple of the what I call small waves of of attack or pressure from Providence by extending it out. Race Thompson got a nice tip dunk, a three-point play uh, to, to move it back to 15, and the game was really never in doubt in the, se- in the second half. But, Jared, let's look at some numbers now. It's time to go inside the numbers. And uh, what, what numbers stick out to you as being really impressive for the Indiana Hoosiers in their victory today? You know, when it comes to numbers, I try to always take my cue from the coach on what numbers to look at first. And by coach, in this case, I mean from Archie Miller. You know, what are the what are the numbers that he's really keying on? And I think the, the numbers that he's really focused on for this team are turnovers and rebounding. You know, I think he knows that rebounding is going to be a bit of an issue, and especially when you're missing Joey Brunk in a game like this, you would expect it to be an issue. Um, I don't have the percentages, but I know Indiana out-rebounded Providence 42-33, to 33, and Providence has typically been a very good rebounding team under Ed Cooley. You know, so, yeah, Indiana gave up 11 offensive rebounds, but they got 15 of their own. You know, and so overall, this was a solid uh, rebounding game for Indiana. Uh, You know, some of the guards did a nice job rebounding. Durham had five. Franklin had five. Archie's talked about, can we get our guards to rebound? Today, they did that. So that's very good to see. And the other thing that's great to see is only nine turnovers for Indiana and 16 assists against those turnovers. And we had everybody except for Hunter and Geronimo who played had at least one assist which really shows the ball movement, the passing. Like, this wasn't just Rob Finnessy going out and getting 10. This was ball movement and everybody sharing the ball. 
uh, and getting assists. And that's 16 assists on 28 made field goals. So that's a good percentage. So to me, those are the big numbers that stand out because it's the, it's the stuff the coach is really keying on. And that clearly is getting through to the players, at least in this, you know, in their first early test of the season. And, and this is against a Providence team under Ed Cooley, who's known for, A, being very scrappy and physical and known for their defense. They're a defensive-minded team. When they struggled early uh, last season and made the comeback to, to probably being in position to make the NCAA tournament after a, a 500 start, uh, they really relied on their defense. Uh, yes, they had some, you know, some good players that graduated last year and moved on, but they're defensive-minded, so I, I really like that assist-to-turnover uh, ratio in any game, but especially against a team that's that's solid defensively. Chad, uh, the stats that stand out uh, for you as you look at the box score? Uh, continuing what you said, I mean, it's those points off of turnovers, 17 points off of those turnovers. Uh, and then shifting kind of to uh, the negative, one of the negatives that we had last week was uh, free throw shooting. And it was improved. I mean, it was better in the first half than it was in the second. I, I feel like in most games, you're going to see maybe a little drop off of that in the second half because uh, legs and arms start to get a little bit tired. But uh, ending uh, 75%, while uh, we should be making more, it, it is a lot better than this team has been recently and in the recent past. You're, you're a um, tough judge, man. Can you take your 75% and you like absolutely dude appreciate it every game guarantee me 75 percent, and i'm a happy dude hey call me call me old school like bobby knight i I can't stand a missed free throw uh being left off that scoreboard uh but again i mean it's overall i i I think uh, stats look great again my my one that i was going to say that jared took was exactly the assists and not only the number of assists but exactly how they were spread out, like you said, with Rob Fennessy, your main point guard, having the most, and then it being very evenly distributed throughout. Um, the, the the foul calling, uh, yeah, IU did have a lot of chippy fouls there t- towards the end of it. Um, and I think a lot of those calls we're not going to see once it gets into Big Ten, uh, Big Ten play. I think things are a little bit more physical. So that's one thing I was excited to see is that we played physical like that and we played through a lot of that contact. Um, but yeah, overall, again, three point obviously wasn't how we wanted it to be two for 11 in the first half and then uh, three for three in the second half. Thanks, uh, Al Durham for helping that second half stat out, uh, greatly, but, uh, yeah, take what you can. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about three point shooting and combine it with the stats and what you might've missed. Um, I thought late in the first half, uh, Indiana was two for eight, which isn't very good. Anyway, but I thought their last three three point shots were too quick. Um, Indiana had a nice lead, uh, and they they shot them quick. I think even one was off an offensive rebound kick out, and it was uh, Galloway, Geronimo, and Lander. Um, so sometimes your shooting percentage is off a little bit because uh, the shots weren't the shots that you want. Now I think they were somewhat open, to be honest with you, and those shots got to go in. If you're getting open shots, I said it last last post game, hit your open shots. Um, but two. You know, um, when in the game, when in the shot clock, who on your team do you want taking them? I thought we got too sped up in the last two or three minutes of the first half, and, and our shot selection wasn't very good. And so sometimes it's it's a shooting problem, and until we get it fixed, it's still a shooting problem. I'm not trying to make excuses for it. But sometimes it's a coach going into halftime saying, listen, quit shooting these kind of threes. We're going to shoot these. And um, then the only one who took threes in the second half um, was El Durham. He was three for three. And, and the bank was open, um, you know, at four o'clock this afternoon. But um, I, I think um, 
I don't know that we'll ever be a really great three-point shooting team, but if we can get some points off our defense, if we can get some play in the inside like we we have from TJD and Race, you know, taking the right three-pointers and hitting in the 30s will make this team real tough uh, to guard. Hey, Coach, one thing I wanted to add on the three-point shooting is, you know, Rob Finnessy today was 0 for 0. And when we look at, you know, this is obviously a team that is starved for proven three-point shooting. And Rob has been a guy who has struggled shooting threes off the bounce, but has really been good throughout his career in catch and shoot opportunities from three and shot it well against Tennessee Tech. I think we've got to find him a way to get two or three of those opportunities every game. And so actually seeing him not even yeah. take a three-pointer, I don't think that's good. You know, and, and okay. I don't recall him passing up a whole lot of open ones, but I think that is actually one of our more proven offensive skills is Rob making catch and shoot threes. I think we've got to find him opportunities uh, for those. And, and sometime what Archie might do is that's when you eventually Lander's ready to play and you have both of those guards there. Yep. You could put him more in a, you know, him and L together going off that little blocker mover action uh, w- would be, you know, kind of uh, nice, but uh, I, at least, you know, again, I'm, you know, I know Chad's a tough grader, man. I'm glad I didn't have him in class because I wouldn't have passed very much, but 30, 35% shooting for Indiana. I'll, you guarantee that the rest of the year I'm taking that along with the 75%, but I think the stats um, uh, play out uh, rather, rather well. Um, so let's talk a little bit about a couple guys um, that struggled today. Uh, Jerome Hunter gets in and gets into uh, foul trouble, and, and Trace Jackson Davis has double digits and rebounds the basketball, but just um, just played a little bit off kilter, a little soft, if you really are honest, where he wasn't really going through people. He's trying to go around and, and finesse things, and his only real physical play was that down-the-lane dunk. Um you know, uh, Jared, your thoughts on, on two key offensive performers having off days and Indiana winning comfortably. Yeah. I mean, look, if Trace is going to go five for 15 and you're going to win against a good team, you'll take that. Yeah. And and here's the thing for Trace. He's so talented that he can put it on cruise control and put up a 12, seven with three blocks, you know, so he still was moderately productive. And I think, you know, it does show a sign of growth in a sense that, Last year, when he would kind of put it on cruise control away from home, he would almost disappear from the game and not do anything. And today he can play a game that we're all disappointed in, and he still put up decent numbers. And that's good. I mean, if this can be the floor for his performance, you know, where he is a little soft around the rim and he misses those shots, but he's still productive, you can live with that, you know, because hopefully you have some other guys step up, you know, and and get your guys' thoughts on them. But the two, you know, I want to talk about Lander and Hunter for a second because you guys may think I'm crazy. But, you know, they didn't do much. They didn't score any points. Hunter fouled out, five fouls. They clearly could not get into the rhythm of the game. But I actually saw some stuff from them that I liked. And here's what I liked. You know, with Hunter, in the short time he was out there, he took three shots, and all of them were different. You know, he took a nice shot in the post that he missed, but it was a really nice little post move. He had a drive from outside the three-point lane into the lane. He just happened to miss the, you know, the shot, and he took a three-pointer. That's three different ways that he can score that we know he can score and he got in and he was assertive he just missed the shots you know but this is an offense that has lacked variety in ways that they can score and Jerome is a guy that can score in different ways so I was happy to see him get in be assertive he just he missed the shots and then he couldn't get into a rhythm fine but you still see the glimmers of what you know is there from him offensively and same thing for Lander you know you can quibble with some of the shot selection. And yeah, maybe he shouldn't have taken what, you know, that really deep three right when he got into the game. But what I love about Lander 
is that he has the confidence and the ability to take a shot quick off the dribble when he gets a sliver of an opening. You know, this kind of goes back to what we're talking about with Rob, where he's more of a prober, not an attacker. He's not really going to take those shots and doesn't really show the ability to make them. You know, Lander hasn't really shown us that he'll make them yet at this level, but we know from, you know, his AU and from his high school, you know, just from the type of player that he was, that he can make those shots. And we haven't had a guy who is willing and able to take shots like that just off the dribble at any moment since Yogi. And that puts a lot of pressure on a defense. So again, you know, it didn't come through for those guys, but I'm glad that they were aggressive. And those shots that they took, I want them taking those shots. Because frankly, you know, we can win a game like we did today against, you know, just a, a, a whatever Providence team on a neutral floor. But to compete for the Big Ten, you know, to play against the best teams, we're going to need our most talented offensive players being aggressive and finding their shots. And Lander and Hunter are two guys who are going to do that. So it didn't come through today, but I think we saw some of the glimmers from them in what they can do and what they're willing to do that other guys on this roster just aren't. And I think that's going to pay big dividends down the road. And so I hope that they keep that, you know, and I hope Archie, you know, yes, you've got to rein in some of the shot selection with Lander, but it's nice to have to try and slow him down rather than speed him up. And so I think that stuff is all going to pay dividends down the road. I actually would have liked to see him get more minutes. I think at some point we've got to let him play through mistakes and build confidence. Today he only got those nine minutes. Maybe Archie was a little afraid of what was going to happen in the second half. But boy, I sure would like to see him play about 15, 16 minutes and be able to use an opportunity like this to just get him ready for the next game. Because if Indiana is going to go where it needs to go, that guy's got to be a big part of it. Right now, it's defense with Lander, and you know Archie's stubborn. Yeah. All of our coaches are stubborn that he's got to trust him defensively. I don't think he minds those shots. I mean, yes, you you will talk to a guy about having quick shot selection, but you got to be aggressive. Archie wants more aggression on offense. So the one play I liked is when he tipped the ball to himself. I mean, that just shows just a natural – tipped it and then took out on a fast break. Those are those things where you're talking aggressive, and Lander brings that. And the quicker he can get up to speed defensively and earn Archie's trust, the better we're going to be. But he's going to have to do that on, on, on a defensive end. Uh, yeah. Chad, your thoughts on on Hunter and Lander, a couple guys that we're counting on that, that just struggled today. Well, I, I, I want to speak on Hunter. I, I think Hunter is very similar to uh, a guy that recently played for IU that used to wear the pinstripes. And uh, that player needed to kind of have the, his first basket go in. He needed to see that first shot go in. And then we knew we had good, good games from him last year. Well, I think Jerome's that same way. I think uh, we need to drop once he goes in. We need to drop a play, whether that's giving it to him on the block, which he's very good at, uh, and doing his little, uh, little fadeaway or his little hook shot. And if he can see that basket go in uh, when he first gets in there, I think confidence is key with him. And if he can have that confidence, he gets that smile on his face like you always see on him. And he's excited to be out there and he's loving it and he's smiling every minute. And you didn't see that in this game. You didn't see that little light switch or anything out of him. I think there was a spark lacking from him, uh, especially after it built up one one shot after the other was missed. And I think that's kind of what led to frustration in his game uh, and led to the fouls and, and, and him coming out in that short period of time. So, uh, and, and Chad, just to be clear, you know, it's not pinstripes. That was oh, pinstripes. Uh, oh, well, the, well, the player said it was pinstripes. I know. So okay. I'm making I just sure. Want, I just want everybody, just want everybody to be 
clear. That was yes, a, I know. It was a great joke, a deep cut, but I yeah. want to make sure. Not over the head of, of many people, yes. <laughs> well, one of the things that we've talked about is this team possibly having uh, depth that they haven't had before. And we had a couple guys who had off nights or, or not off nights. They just they just didn't get in the groove, and Indiana was still able to compete at a high level. So maybe that's uh, some good news looking forward. So coming up here on the assembly call, we'll hand out our game balls and hit any other lingering storylines. Look ahead to Indiana's next opponent, and then it'll be time for last call. That's all next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Hi, this is James Blackman Jr. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. Go Hoosiers! You're listening to The Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game, plus every Thursday night at our website, assemblycall.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for the free IU Hoops email newsletter. Over 7,000 of your fellow IU fans have subscribed. You can also text IU to 66866 to subscribe to the newsletter. That's IU to 66866. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, and we're breaking down Indiana's victory over Providence in the first round of the Maui slash Asheville Classic, and now it's time for our game balls, and um, we're going to go back to Jared because he's the reason we're both all here all the time, and uh, he we like having him around. So, Jared, you you get to um, give out the first game ball. Well, no, no need to you know try to be cute with this one. It's Ray Thompson. He was the best player on the court. He was dominant today. Uh, he was good on offense. He was good on defense, and most importantly, he showed the shooting range that if he can continue is going to make him a lethal player. And that was always – it's kind of been one of the big X factors for this team. You know, is Race or is Trace? Is one of those guys going to prove that they can step out, you know, and make jump shots? You know, and Trace did make one today. He, he missed another one. Um, but, man, you know, it, and it would be nice if Race can step out and make three-pointers, but even if he can just hit that 14- to 15-foot jump shot consistently, it is going to just, again, add another element. That, that's what I keep enjoying watching this team through two games – is this was such a limited offense last year. I mean, that's what made it so difficult to watch and so easy for opposing teams to game plan against, you know, because you had a few things that you had to take away. And then what, you know, what else is Indiana going to do unless Devontae Green goes nuclear from three-point range, you know? But now you're really seeing an offense that has a lot of different layers to it and a lot of different abilities and different combos and different things that can work in different matchups. What Ray Thompson did today can work in any matchup. And if he does it, I mean, he played at an all-Big Ten level today. So I wouldn't expect that from him every game. But if it's a preview of what he's going to give us this season, he was terrific. So obvious game ball choice for today. Chad, your game ball? Uh, in honor of the very hairy man who's not here with us, who was uh, giddily watching this game while he eats his big bowl of cereal, 
uh, it, it's obviously got to go unanimously. I'm sure coach is going to head the same way to race. Uh, it, it didn't it just, as Jared said, it, it makes IU have so many layers and this team is, and can be uh, a nightmare for teams to scout because you game plan against trace and now race can come in there and, and, and put things away. Uh, other players can step up on other nights. Uh, it's what we've preached about in past seasons and hasn't really panned out, but uh, it's looking pretty good this season so far that the depth and, and strength overall uh, of, of guys being able to step up each night is, is going to be awesome. And uh, race gets it tonight. And I think uh, we'll have very many for him uh, this year as well. Yeah, I, I got to make it three three votes for uh, race. It was just an incredible performance, double-double. Uh, just seemed to be there uh, every time IU needed a, a bucket or a rebound when someone else missed a shot they they might have uh, made normally. He was there to clean up. And, and just an, just what we have kind of expected over the years from Race Thompson. So um, congratulations to, to, to Race. And I haven't cleared this with Jared yet, but, you know, I like to give a Mike Roberts award. You know, we have some other players that do well in these games. And Mike, Mike Roberts can now be heard on the television yelling uh, uh during the games because of the lack of fans it just gets me so fired up uh so so my mike roberts complete game bulldog it goes to um al durham uh he, he doesn't get the game ball because it's obviously a dominating performance by race but uh, i gotta mention that al really played extremely well on both ends of the floor and, and really uh, displayed senior leadership so i just jumped in there and created my own award sorry jared uh, i like it but um, it's fun to hear, and Mike, Mike Robbins. Let's talk uh, w- one one last thing. We're always going to be talking about the freshmen. The freshmen they come in as a class, they play together. Uh, we bring in Geronimo. Uh, today, I think was one of those games where I don't know that they're ever going to fill up a stat line. You know, yes, double digits for Galloway in, in game one, but they're able to hold their own and they're able to do some things that contribute to the win. Chad, your thought today on on the play of of the freshmen who are a key component uh, to Indiana's depth? I think they did well when they were in there. It would have been nice to see maybe Leal get in there at the end uh, a little bit. I would have wanted to see him get a few minutes to see what he did. Trey does uh, great on on getting out in in the break and everything like that. I think we've seen, because he's done it in two games, and there's been a wonderful picture posted of him doing it. He loves that reverse scoop. And I think that's going to become maybe a trademark of a uh, move of his as he runs the baseline. It's something he's going to be able to utilize. Um, but yeah, uh, Jordan as well came in and did some things. I don't think he's going to be a major scoring threat, but I liked that he was willing to pull the trigger from three. Um, and he was able to use that, that crazy length, uh, arm length that he has and, and gobble up a few rebounds here and there. Um, and then, like we've, we've said, we've already talked about Lander here and there. I think it's, it's just a, a defensive side for him, but I think it was uh, an above average for what you would think a college freshman would do in a standard game. Uh, nothing that you can really point to in this game with any of them, at least thinking off, off the top of my head right now and go, oh, that's just a freshman mistake. I, I haven't had that feeling at very much with this uh, freshman team. Um, I would have liked to see Archie try that lineup again. I really liked it in the Tennessee Tech game with uh, uh, four freshmen and and Trace or Race in, in the case of this game because I felt like the ball moved a lot better uh, in that game with, with those guys. But, um, yeah, it's an exciting team to see and, and uh, a game-time nightmare as far as minutes for Archie this year to, to figure out. Jared, your thoughts on, on the freshmen as they continue to add depth to uh, the Indiana roster? 
Yeah, you know, I thought, you know, Geronimo was what you would expect from Geronimo. You know, made a couple plays. That rebound was great, but also his very first possession in there, he got Armand Franklin's way when Armand was trying to drive into the lane. And you're just, you're going to get some stuff like that, you know, but he plays hard and he was in there on that when they got that five-second call they got everybody excited. You know, Trey's a guy that we haven't talked about a lot today, but, you know, obviously everybody's loving watching him play. You know, and, and there's a couple of things, Coach, that he does that I just love. One is when he gets the ball on the wing, his first thought is how quickly can I get to the basket, you know, and he drives in there like his life depends on it. Like he's being chased by a lion or a tiger or something. And maybe it's the fact that his hair is flopping, but he just, it looks like he's using every ounce of energy he has to get into the lane as quickly as possible. But while he does that, he also stays aware of what's going on around him. And he is showing a really good ability to locate shooters and be able to deliver a pass to them. And so you'll see him kind of do, you know, you see that in the NBA a lot where guys drive in and they kind of do that whip around pass, you know, and he can find a guy. And so, you know, if guys are ready and can make shots, he's going to get some assists that way. Now, you know, and and so he does make me nervous with that. I'm going to, I'm going to cut in like Ryan, he does make me nervous with that, that I'm scared he's going to get caught in the air one of these times. Uh, He's been lucky with it. Like you said, he whips around, he sees, he finds that person, but I'm scared that in the future now that's going to bite him bite him in the butt a little bit because he's going to get caught up in the air with nowhere to go. Maybe. I mean, that happened to Yogi a few times when he was young, you know, but I just think Trey is, he's, he's one of our smartest players already. I mean, he is consistently in the right place, you know, making smart decisions. I don't fear that as much. He will make some mistakes. um, But, you know, I think he just, he shows not a lot of guys can do that because not a lot of guys can see the court when they're driving that hard. And he can. And that's part of what I think, you know, makes him a special young player. You know, obviously the shot isn't there yet. I think it'll come. But, you know, Coach, what really makes me excited about our bench with Lander, with Hunter, with Galloway is, you know, you know, our starting line, especially when we start like we did today with Al, Armand, Rob, Trace, and Race. You know, those guys, I, I've kind of used this term probers you've got a lot of probers there not you know Armand will will sometimes take off and attack the basket Al will every now and then but those guys are are very content to run the offense they're very patient and that's good again today against Providence where they weren't playing very good defense and patience was going to lead them into a mistake that can be good but then when we go to our bench we've got guys whose first thought when they get the ball is attack and that's a nice change of pace to be able to have you know if the offense is a little bit stagnant you can go to a lander, you can go to a Galloway, go to a hunter. They're going to come in and make something happen. And I think more often than not, it's going to be something good, even though those guys struggle to score today. They just give you a different energy. And I like that when you have a difference between your starters and your bench, where there's just like all, like almost a different mentality that they have, a different energy that they bring to it. That's what you want coming off the bench. And so, you know, you would get that every now and then with a Devontae Green. But I think you're going to get that more consistently with these guys, especially Galloway, who to me, you know, maybe he ends up starting, but I think as a freshman, he profiles as the perfect sixth man to just come in and start. A very yeah, I mean, genuinely positive like guy. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I will say the last thing I will say about him. Nice job there, Chad, throwing in, throwing in the draw. The last thing I will say about Galloway, and, you know, I've made this point on Twitter. I haven't had a chance to make it on the show yet. People have been tossing around all these comparisons to Galloway, you know, Will Sheehy and Steve Isle and Randy Whitman and, like, all these names of, you know, past white Indiana players are being tossed about with Galloway, and I understand why. The guy that I can't get out of my head when I watch him play is freshman year Victor Oladipo. Just a ball of energy, 
seems a little bit out of control at times, you know, one for six shooting, the shot's not there, but competitive as heck, attacks the basket with ferocity and just makes stuff happen. And I know whenever someone makes that comparison, there's like eight tons of baggage that come with it. I'm not saying anything about the future. I'm just saying watching him right now, that's who I keep thinking about. Um, you know, and I just, I'm really, really pleased with what he brings. And I think he's going to be a guy that's going to impact every single game because he gets in there, makes smart plays, plays hard and attacks, attacks, attacks. I couldn't agree with you more. I think uh, the inability to go downhill the first three years of Archie's tenure has been a problem. And now you have some guys coming off the bench, especially Galloway. But he, he drives with an understanding of where people should be. If people are in the right yes. spots when he drives, he knows, even if he doesn't see, he has that understanding. Um, and, and, you know, he, he's going to be able to draw fouls. He's going to be able to make other players uh, better with open shots. He's going to be able to finish, as we've already seen. So it uh, the freshmen will, will help, and they've helped already in Indiana's 2-0 start to the season. But it's time now to uh, preview uh, Indiana's upcoming opponent, which will be tomorrow. Uh, where Indiana will take on the Texas Longhorns in the semifinal of the Maui Asheville Classic at 1.30 uh, in the afternoon, an afternoon game uh, for the semifinal. doesn't make much sense, but we're playing in the semifinals. It's a lot better than playing in the loser's bracket at 7 o'clock. Um, so a couple things. To, you know, I'm not Andy Bottoms. Andy Bottoms has all the knowledge about these teams. I only can tell you if they've won or lost and should be in the bracket, but a Andy does a great job on the preview. But names to watch, Andrew Jones um, – and Greg Brown is a five-star freshman. They return five starters, and they're in a year where Shaka Smart needs to produce. So this is going to be a big game for them to get on their resume. Uh, they haven't made the tournament for a while. It's a couple programs that really need good wins. Uh, and so this will be one where the length of Texas and the athleticism of Texas will be a little different than what we saw tonight um, here at Providence. But you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. Remember to check out Home Field Apparel's Black Friday sale. Use the promo code BF Assembly Call at checkout to get 30% off your entire order at homefieldapparel.com. Okay, guys, it's time for uh, the last call. And, Ched, uh, your thoughts as we end the show? Hey, I'm just excited we get to watch uh, IU play for two more days. I mean, we go such a drought, such a disappointing offseason and everything. And, and here we get three games in a row. And so today's game was going to be that one of, uh, how are they going to line up against a team that's a little bit better, a team that's uh, defensive, uh, defensively known? Uh, how's the offense going to handle it? Uh, and how is uh, who's going to show up for us? And how's, how's our defense going to do? And I think all those boxes ended in the positive for this game. So it, it proves to be a good rest of the tournament. So something exciting to look forward to. Um, I'm going to be there every time watching and, and cheering them on. Uh, crazy times, be or not. Um, I will be there watching. So very exciting. Uh, excited to see who shows up next game. And maybe we'll get a few minutes from Joey Bronk and, and, and get him in there as well. And uh, yeah. I, I, I think this was a really important win for program momentum. Things haven't really broken the Hoosiers way in the first three years. And to end up in the loser's bracket would have just been a little negativity that could have uh, – could have had some long-term effects. Now you're in the winner's bracket against some ranked teams. Yes, you want to win. Losses will always hurt, but uh, it's good to be in that winner's bracket. Jared, your, your last thoughts on today's performance. Well, I just want to say, uh, as you prepare for the Texas game tomorrow, uh, if you did not watch the Texas game today or see the images floating around on social media, Shaka Smart has hair, <laughs> and it is very disorienting. So I just want you to prepare yourself for that because you're not going to know. 
who that is over on the sideline over there. Um, interesting number, you know, the Ken Palm numbers have updated. Uh, Indiana currently, and again, it's only through two games, but Indiana's average possession length right now is 16.4 seconds. And coach, we talked all offseason about how Indiana wanted to play faster. And that's about one second faster than Indiana's played on average under Archie Miller. Now, some of that is influenced by playing Tennessee Tech, so I wouldn't put too much into that number. But I think it, it does kind of match what we're seeing with our eyes. You know, Indiana is playing, you know, you know, trying to play faster, push it a little bit more. And so we'll see, you know, where that number ends up this season. But the other number that's interesting is Indiana's 14th in Ken Palm right now. And I know early season Ken Palm doesn't mean that much because you got a lot of the offseason numbers in there. But this is the high watermark for Indiana under Archie Miller. The last time that they were this high was uh, or the highest they've been before this is 16th after the Marquette game, Romeo's freshman year. And of course, they would go on to lose at Arkansas after that. And so this is the highest that Indiana has been. Um, you know, do I think that this is the best team or the best Indiana has played under Archie? I don't know. We haven't seen this team enough, but I know that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm as excited about this team probably as I've been since that early game against Marquette, when you think about it, you know, because everything seemed possible. Early Romeo, they played so well in that game. You know, what's, what's different about this team is obviously just the depth of talent. You know, it feels like you can really go to every single player out there, you know, and that guy's a legit big 10 basketball player, even if some of the guys are young. And so you know, to your point, Coach, I do agree that it's a big momentum win for Indiana early in the season. You know, think back to the last time Indiana was in Maui in the 2015-2016 uh, the season. They played terrible at Maui, and it felt like it took them a month to dig out of the hole, you know. And they eventually went on to win the Big Ten, but it really just set the stage for a really bad November and December. You know, and here, you know, yeah, you could lose one or two of these next two games, but you still feel okay about what happened. And, and this was a dominant performance against, you know, a, a decent to solid team. So a lot to like about today, especially uh, with Race Thompson. And, you know, the last thing I just want to say, Coach, is to reiterate what you said about, uh, you know, Bill Murphy earlier in, in the show. You know, Bill lost his wife, um, which is just terribly sad and tragic news. And Bill has been so generous with us in this show, coming on this show, coming on podcast on the brink. Every time I go up to Bloomington, I make a point to stop and see him because he always has something nice to say, something kind to say. And no one, no one knows more about Indiana sports and Indiana sports history than Bill Murphy. So, you know, if you can go on Twitter and just share a, a kind word for him, I think his Twitter account is at William Murphy, too. Uh, you can go to our assembly call account and we uh, retweeted the tweet that he sent out earlier. Um, but just obviously a tragic weekend for his family and our, our thoughts go out to him. Um, and also to, you know, just want to send up a good word to Mike Penix too, Indiana's quarterback who's out for the season. Um, just such a talented player. The body just isn't, uh, isn't cooperating for him right now, but we know he's got a lot of football ahead of him. Uh, you know, when, once that happens, but, uh, yeah, re really good day for, uh, for Indiana basketball today, winning this game and excited to see what they can do tomorrow against Texas. And uh, thanks go out to you, Jared, for joining us, and Chad for uh, joining us this afternoon as uh, we recapped Indiana's 79-58 to win over Providence, and we look forward to the game against uh, Texas tomorrow afternoon at 1.30. So that'll do it uh, for our show this afternoon. Um, 
for the Assembly Call postgame show. If you want to see us do the live show and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assemblycall.com. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to longtime listener Bob Thompson, who produced much of the music you hear on the show. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you on Thursday night. Until then... Thank you for me, Yogi Farrell. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.